watching at home or at work or wherever you happen to be at. Um, we are in this, we've kind of gone back to the series in Ephesians, uh, kind of bounced out of it for a while and came back to it. And um, I, you know, <laughs> um, so we're going to kind of shift gears into one of my favorite parts of the Bible before we can really get into that, before we can really make that transition, before we can really make that shift. We need to kind of start talking about some things. And it's the reason why I played this video about what if we were to actually love, because I think a lot of times we go, well, why doesn't the church do this? Or why doesn't the church do this? Or what, whatever it is that we think that the church is supposed to be doing, why aren't we doing it? You know, why is it that we, why is it that we put it off? And I'm going to tell you, it's because the church has the same problem that most men have, Right? It's just simple as this. The church has the same problem that most men have is that we love to procrastinate, right? You know, I, it's like I almost just swore in church right there. It's because we like to kick things down the road. We like to make it to where we're like, oh, we're going to do that tomorrow. We're going to do that the next day. And it's especially true in church leadership. Church leadership is terrible at going, we need to go take care of this. Because what we do is we go, let's have a meeting. Let's have another meeting. Let's get the church involved. And then we never get the church involved and go out and do it. We're terrible at it. We, we, we are so bad at going, let's do that tomorrow. Let's do that tomorrow. I, I have to use this line often. Often I have to use this line. I'll get to that later is what they'll tell me. And I go, do it now. Do it now. And there's a reason why I say do it now is because we in this culture, this culture of today, have allowed this to rot our brains. We've allowed it to rot our brains. Because here's what happens. We go, I'm going to do it later. And then we get on TikTok, we get on Facebook, we get on, we get on Snapchat, we get on rotyourbrain.com, whatever it is, we get on there. And then all of a sudden, Two and a half hours have gone by that you've looked at other people living and other people doing fun things and other people having excitement and other people doing all these things and you go, I didn't get to this. Or you just forget completely all about it. Or you might go, no, nope, that's not what I do. I don't get on my phone. I, I actually don't use this. I don't even have a Snapchat. I don't have this. I don't have that. And what you do is you end up going on something other than that. You end up in a book. You end up watching some TV show. You end up going out and listening to music. See, all of us have mental distractions that are actually been, exa that have been exaggerated because of technology. Not just a cell phone, but technology. You see, the, the thing is, has come down to is that I want, you to, I want you to just think about this. And so this is like a little rant, nothing to do with my notes. Just a little rant that I decided I wanted to run with. In the 1970s, I want you to think about this, in the 1970s, so most of you were born at about this time, the 70s, you know, 70s, 80s, you know, the 60s, those of you that are watching. And the reason why, I want to just give you an idea of this, the reason why most of you were born at that time, because people born after you in the 90s, 2000s, and the 2010s, they're not coming to church. So, and the people that are born before you, they're dying. Okay, just want to let you know. Yeah, they're, they're, you know, so, so just talk to anybody who was born in the 40s and 50s and ask them how many of their friends are still alive. Just wanna, I just want to ask you, so you just start looking at it. And I'm not trying to be mean. 
I'm not trying to be mean. I'm not trying to go, you're dying soon. You know, just keep being healthy. You know, if you're diabetic, do what you're supposed to do. If you're, you know, eat healthy, stay away from the junk food, all those things, you'll live to be 100. Now, I, I don't know if you're going to live to be 100. Don't, don't take that as gospel. But, but what I'm saying is, is those that were born in the 40s, 50s, and 60s, they attend church on a regular basis. Those that were born in the 70s, 80s, and 90s, they attend church occasionally. And those that are born in the, the 90, late 90s, 2000, 2010s, they're like, the church sucks. I don't even care about it. Very, very generalized statement. And so you start wondering, where is everybody at? Well, everybody, as you start looking back at the 70s, 80s, and 90s, guess what started happening? More and more technology started coming out. More and more and more. The advent of cell phones. How many people remember when you first got a cell phone? Anybody have the purse? You know, the, the purse, you know, where you had the bag that you carried on your side? I had one of those, by the way. I did. I did. I said, I have to have one of those. I, I carried, I, I was a technology, I'm a technology junkie even to today. But I, back then, I had one of those. The bill for that particular device, you know, I remember buying it because you didn't, they didn't include it on your cell phone plan. You couldn't break it up over 24 months at no interest. You had to pay for that bad boy. It was $1,299 for me to carry a, a merce. Let's call it that. Right? A merce. It was a satchel. I will call it a satchel. <laughs> and so I walked around with that for about six months. And then the new piece of technology came out. And so I went and bought another $1,000 piece of equipment. But here's the thing. The cell phone plan was not like it is today. I don't know if you remember this. It used to be $199 for 300 minutes. 300, there, was no, there was no text messaging at this point. It did not exist. It was 300 minutes. And so you didn't answer the phone because you were like, oh, no, 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 no. You're not wasting my minutes. They would, well, even if they talked forever, you would pick it up and go, hello. And they'd be like, hey, how you doing? Be like, not important. You know, you had to have something important to share with me at that point. But now today we've gotten to this point where we have unlimited minutes, right? And so our cell phone bills are, I think I saw a commercial yesterday for $15 for Lime Wire, right? You know, 15 bucks, unlimited minutes. I'll talk all you want, send all the text messages you want, but we're going to, we are going to tear you up when it comes to that data, right? Isn't that, you know, kind of, because Why? Here's, let's just get it back, right back to in the 70s, the 60s and 70s, we actually had relationships with people. We might not have had great relationships with people. Some people were all about, it's free love, and other people were like, I hate the military, and other people were this, and other people were that, but there was relationships. People talked, people communicated, people had conversations, people went to church. They called it the greatest generation from those that were in the 40s and 50s, because they actually did things. They came together, they lived, they did life. And then all of a sudden, Free love happened. And people started going, well, I don't know if I want to go out with all of those people. And so we started to retreat, and we started to retreat, and we started to retreat. And instead of actually going back to what this is, is being the church that loved, we became the church that said, come to our thing. Come to my place. Come to this. And then as the advent of more and more technology started happening, and then in the year 2007, the iPhone comes out. And the iPhone has a mini computer in your hand. I don't know if you know this, but for the first 
13 missions that we sent into space. Well, first, I'll give you this. I'll give you this for a little bit of tidbit. The first 13 missions we sent into space, if you owned a Ford Taurus in 1984, your Ford Taurus had more computing power than the Apollo program had. A Ford Taurus. That, that's what they did. We shot an aluminum can up there, essentially. <laughs> Figure out how you're going to come back. This, this here, by the way, in case you guys didn't know, this here, your, your cell phone has more computing power than what your cell phone, by the way, your cell phone, I don't even care if you have a dumb phone from a couple within the last years, but your cell phone has more computing power than NASA had all the way until 1990. 1990. Your phone can do more than what NASA could until 1990. They couldn't even go on the internet in 1990 at NASA. They were like, and here you are. You, I, if I open mine up right now, I just want to look at my, just going to look at how many browser windows I have open on my internet window. And I have 104 of them open right now. 104 different browser windows. I know these are all things I want to go back to. So every time I want to go out and delete some of them, I go into them and I go, oh, no, 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 I'm go back to that. I mean, I'll just give you some examples. It says strategies to grow your church. Don't you want me to go back to that one? Okay. Free Christian leadership tools. Don't you want me to go back to that one? You don't, oh, you want me to pay for free, free leadership tools? I mean, you know, uh, I mean, like, <laughs> like as I'm going through this, I'm like going, I don't want to close these. I'm going to need these one day. I mean, it may not be today, but one day I'll need them, and I don't want to have to go back and look for them again. But you see, here's the thing, is that the reason why I bring this up is because it's led us to do something over and over and over again. It's led us to procrastinate. What it's done is that I have all those tabs open, and instead of me going, hey, let's just knock this out. Let me get the information I need from it. Let me log what I need, write it down, do whatever I'm going to do. No, 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 I'm just going to leave it open because one day I'll get back to it. One day, one day I will get back to it. Here, here, H. Jackson Brown said, the biggest gap in life is in between I should and I did. I should and I did. See, I should get back to this. Oh, no, 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 I did get back to that. I took care of it. I did it. It's over. So here's what I want you to start doing. Before we dive into any, any scripture today, I'm just going to let you know, we're going to go through a little small, a little small thing on mental leadership, okay? You have to start leading yourself forward. You have to start leading yourself forward. And so we're going to do this by just putting some things in there that makes it to where you start going, okay, I'm going to stop doing this. So when do good things... What does, what, let me rephrase that. Let me, let me change what I was going to say because as I'm looking at my notes, it's not what I intended to say. When does good timing become procrastination? When does good timing become procrastination? See, some of us, we've gotten lucky in our lives, right? We waited to the right time to apply for a certain job. We waited for this thing to happen. We waited for that thing to happen. And we had good timing, right? Good timing led us to where we, we weren't procrastinating, it just happened for us. So, number one, when missing deadlines become a regular occurrence. When missing deadlines become a regular occurrence. So how many of us miss deadlines, right? 
How many of us miss deadlines, right? How many of us does it just become a recurring occurrence? It just happens all the time. You're just like, man, I just missed this. I, how did I miss this? How did this happen? You know, and, and really what I will tell you is, especially as our generations are getting older, how many of us are you putting off calling the doctor? So if you're putting off calling the doctor, I want you to know something. You are missing deadlines over and over and over again. Because here's what's going to happen. You're going to go to the doctor. I had this, I, I went and met, and uh, we'll, we'll put the doctor a little bit on blast, just because uh, he was funny to me. But some people might say his bedside manner was a little terrible, right? I went in and I met with a cardiologist here at Sutter. His name's Dr. Yoon, if you've ever met with him. Then maybe you'll have the same thing. Maybe he was different to you. And I walked in, and the first thing he said to me, he looked across the table from me, and he said, usually we meet on, in different circumstances. And I go, what do you mean by that? He's all, usually I'm on the other side of the table, and we're doing surgery when, before you and I ever have a conversation. And I was like, I was like why is that? He's all, because usually people don't go to the cardiologist until they have a heart attack. Right? Something's wrong. I need a stent. I need this happen. I need that going on. Most people don't go to the cardiologist until you've missed the deadline. <laughs> Once you miss the deadline, then the doctor's looking at you from the other side of the table. And, 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 and I'll tell you right away, he looked at me. And so you may be asking, you go, Mike, why are you, you're like, hey, you're looking a lot Because I went at a point with my doctor and he said, hey, if you keep going in the direction you're going, you will die. I would have missed the deadline, right? The deadline of going, God wants me to be here still not to die because I ate myself into heaven, right? There is no, it just doesn't work that way. It just does not work that way. You do not eat yourself into heaven. How about this? How many of us have we asked this question? When you often ask, what's the latest I can do this instead of when is the earliest I can tackle it? When's the latest I can do this, and what's the earliest I can tackle it? See, most of us, we ask, what's the deadline? That's what most of us ask. What's the deadline? Instead of going, how soon can I do it? Can I do this today, or can I do this right now? Instead, most of us go, well, when do you want it done by? Uh, yesterday. How about that? <laughs> That's my default answer, in case you didn't know. Uh, when do you want it done? Now? I don't know. I... <laughs> Number three, <laughs> how many of you, you've been going through, you've been looking at stuff, and you frequently come across old files and to-do lists that you haven't missed for weeks or months? Things that you're like, I was supposed to do this, and you're like, ooh, I'm, I, whatever it was, and you missed it. How many of this, how many of you have, you, have your to-do list, your daily to-do list continues to roll over to the next day? To the next week or to the next month just gonna let it just keep rolling i'm gonna do this one day and i know that a lot of us this is our honey to-do list right our honey do list is i will get to that tomorrow and then tomorrow comes and i'll get to that the next day and i'll get to that the next day and i get to that the next day and i'll get to that the next day and then the next day never actually comes it never shows up right we just keep going through and going through and going through see the reason why i'm bringing this up is because we tend to put off loving our neighbor until tomorrow. We tend to put off, hey, I need to go out and I need to do something to change something until tomorrow. And then tomorrow becomes the next day and the next day and the next day and the next day. And we actually never do what God has asked us to do. We just sit on the sidelines and we go, 
I'm going to do what I want to do, whatever, what, I'm going to watch as much Netflix as possible, and when I burn through Netflix, then I'm going to go to Hulu, and when I burn through all of Hulu, I'm going to go to CBS Plus or Paramount Plus, and when I burn through all of that, I'm going to go to Amazon, and when I burn through all of that, and the whole time, the whole time, you could have been doing something for God. The absolute whole time, because God called you to do something, and you were like, no, 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 no. This TV is so important. If I'm wrong, you can come up here and do this for me because I'm just telling you, our world would be so much different if we went back to the video and just loved. Our world would be so much different. It would. How about this? When items get crossed off of our list, not because they've been completed, but because they're too old to actually get done. Because that's what happens. We go, hey, you know what we're going to do for the school year? We're going to go out and we're going to go love on our, on our kids. We're going to get them some backpacks. We're going to get them starters, some pencils and some notepads. We're just going to love on them and allow them to go to work or let them go to school. And we just make it to where we're going to set them up to succeed. And then all of a sudden it's Christmas time and you're like, well, I guess we can't do the school backpack thing. We've got to do, let's do some toys. And then the toys turn into, well, let's just throw them in a bag and just push them out the door instead of actually loving on them and inviting them in and doing dinner and, and telling how much God loves them and wants to see a different future for them and wants to see something happen for them. Oh, no, 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 let's just put them in a bag and try and figure out the fastest way to get them from one door to the other door without them actually touching anything or without them actually being in, infected by Jesus. We're like, no, 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 we just got to run them through here or, or it'll just be chaos. <sighs> Told you, church leadership, right, you know? telling you it's just how it goes so what are some definitions of procrastination so I, I, we don't know who wrote this but procrastination is the fertilizer that makes difficulties grow procrastination is the fertilizer that makes difficulties grow so whatever you have that's a difficult situation no matter what it is it could be at home it could be at church it could be at work it could be at school it could be whatever you're doing you procrastinating you're making it actually get worse. Whatever it is that you've been putting off, you're actually making it to become a much bigger problem. So just give you an example. Anybody? You know, actually, we're, we will just say that everybody's experienced. You haven't paid a bill. You put the bill off. And instead of actually talking to them when they call you, because you're like, oh, that's going to eat up my cell phone minutes. I'm not talking to them. Instead of actually picking it up, you're like, I don't know that number. I don't know who that is. 800 number, that's obviously somebody calling to collect something. They're not trying to sell me an auto warranty because I'm behind on the car payments. They aren't going to try and tell, sell me something that they're going to repossess from me right now. <laughs> and what do we do? We dodge that. We dodge that phone call. Instead of answering and going, hey, I'll get you the money in a couple of weeks, they'd probably stop calling and you'd probably save some time on your cell phone minutes, if that was 20 years ago. But even today, they, then you wouldn't have everybody going, well, why do you just keep ignoring phone calls? Why does this keep happening? Why does this keep going on? We actually make it worse. The procrastination of actually answering the phone call, the fees get more and more and more and more, and all of a sudden it gets so out of control that they do show up to take your car, or they do show up to repossess whatever it is, or they show up and they start delivering you paperwork to your house and going, we're suing you for this. We allow it to get to that point. Instead of just going, I don't have the money to pay you. They already know that. Talk about it now. You would have paid them, right? You're a responsible individual. You would have said, if I had the money, I would have paid you, and it would have worked out just fine. But I don't have the money. How do we move forward? Dave Ramsey has this amazing line. He says, you write your budget, right? 
And he says, you got to do the things that you're supposed to do. you got to give. you got to save. You can't stop doing the things that actually help you live, right? So you have to have all these things. You have to list them out and actually you have to prioritize them, going, these are the things that I have to pay for in order to continue to exist. And then you draw a red line, right? You draw a red line through it and go, because when they call, you have to go, and they go, when are you going to pay us? You have to go, you have to get above the red line. And they'll go, what does it take to get above the red line? You have to be nicer to me. I'll pay you if you're nicer to me, right? I'll make it to more of a priority to put you above the red line rather than the person I'm paying that is not above the red line. You just have to start prioritizing what you're doing, but you cannot continue to procrastinate it. The next thing is procrastination is the thief of time. It is the thief of time. That's by Charles Dickens, by the way. So this is actually a statement that is 100 years old. Procrastinate. So it's not a new thing, right? This procrastination thing just didn't start in 2007 when the iPhone came out. It's been happening for a long time. Men have been going, I'll get to that tomorrow, baby. You know, and, and it's never happened. You know, I'll take care of the lawn tomorrow. I'll do this tomorrow. I'll, I'll finish that shed tomorrow. I'll finish cleaning up the garage tomorrow. I'll fin Actually, it was called, I'll finish up the carriage house tomorrow. You know, that's what it was. It wasn't that I'll, see, the problem is, is that we go, I'm tired. This is the excuse that we use so tired you're not tired actually see tired is actually a state of mind tired is a state of mind i don't know if you know that see there's physical exhaustion and then there's mental tiredness and most of us we are in this mental tiredness because of this again or candy candy will do it too you'll just be like mm, this is so good and five minutes later you're like i'm ready for a nap but but here's the thing, mentally, we wear ourselves out with these. Did you, so we're going to go back to some simplistic technology terms. Blue LED, anybody know that blue LED? One of the primary drivers in all technology devices is blue LED. That's the reason why you can sit in front of a computer, and that blue LED will keep you up all night long. Anybody ever got in front of your TV, and you're just like, why do I keep playing this video game? It's so good. And all of a sudden, it's 3.30 in the morning, you're like, I, the reason why? Because of the blue LED, it's, it's triggering your brain. It's the same type of light that comes from the sun that's causing you to stay awake. You want to start actually being more productive. You want to start actually having some more things happen in your life. Get out of your house, open the windows, and walk outside. Going outside is an amazing thing that will actually make it to where you have more energy, more time to get things done. You just have to get up and go outside. You just have to get up and go, I, even if it's 10 minutes outside, you will find that it will invigorate you. It'll wake you up. It'll get you doing things. Stop closing all the windows going, I'm trying to keep it cool in here. No, you're trying to see, you're trying to make it nap ready. That's what you're trying to do. Open up the lights, open up the curtains, make it to where you can go outside. <sighs> Procrastination is opportunity's natural assassin. Procrastination is opportunity's natural assassin. So here's the thing. Every great thing that has ever happened is because somebody stepped into it and started doing it. Every great thing that's ever happened is because somebody stepped into it and started doing it. They did not sit and watch Netflix and chill and come up with something amazing. Nobody's ever done that. Nobody ever has sat in front of their TV for hours upon hours upon hours and came out with the next most important invention of this world. Didn't work out that way. Now, I tell you all of this 
because before we shift gears, because I've told you the first three book, the first three chapters of Ephesians, is all about your relationship with God. So here's the thing: if we're going to procrastinate, then we shouldn't even go into the chapters four, five, and six, because for, procrastination is going to be the enemy of us going out and loving. Us actually doing something, us actually inviting somebody, us actually going out and loving on the community, us doing what God has asked us to do, procrastination will be like, we'll get to that tomorrow. I'll go love them tomorrow. I'll go reach them tomorrow. I will go try and give them the gospel tomorrow. I will try and go and do the work that Jesus has asked me to do tomorrow. I will go do that tomorrow. And that is not what Jesus has asked us to do. We have to be very, very clear. Jesus asked you to do something today. He asked you to do something today because he told you, don't even worry about tomorrow because tomorrow has its own worries. So here's the thing. You're like going, well, I'm going to do it tomorrow. Well, you're putting off what God has asked you to do today for tomorrow when God's going to ask you to do something else tomorrow. He's going to have you do something else. He's going to have to have you have another conversation or a different conversation or do something else tomorrow. And yet you're going, no, no, no. I want to put the task that God has given me to tomorrow because he's asked me to go. And it's just like, what are we doing? Where, where, where did we get this? Where did we get to this point where we're like, we're just so easily, because when you went back to the 50s, 60s, and 70s, you found, did you guys ever notice something? Today, just in this world today, think about when you were a kid. I've been looking around the room here, everybody in here. Think about when you were a kid. When you went outside in the summertime, right? We had summer. Summer actually started the first week of June, ended at the, what was it, uh, Labor Day, right? You know, everybody went back to school after Labor Day, right? You know, we had some time for summer. We... But when you went outside, I just want you to think about this. All of you in here, you can think about this. When you went outside for summer, now mind you, some of you grew up in like Kentucky where they just say, hey, summertime, you're going to go out and work the field. And you grew up in that age. I understand that. So this doesn't apply to you. But everybody else, it applies to you. During summer, when you went outside, what did you put on? Put on some, some shorts, a t-shirt. You, you, you maybe 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 you uh, maybe you had some flippy floppies, right? You know, uh, you, maybe, maybe whatever. You know, you went outside and you were ready for the sun. You were like, "Hey, let's go out and play." Have you seen what these kids go out wearing today? 110 degrees outside. They're like, "Hey, where's my sweatshirt? Hey, where's my hoodie at? Do you understand that it's 100 degrees outside? I know. I need my hoodie." I need to put on my, sh my, my pants. Do you even own a pair of shorts? No, I don't know. I, I, I don't want people to see my legs. What? You don't want somebody to see those toothpicks that you're walking around with? I mean, come on. You know, but, but like, I, I got to have my hoodie on. I have to have this. I have to have this. Like, what happened? Like, did we all of a sudden get to this point where we kept everybody in the air conditioning for so long at home? And you're like, when I go outside, I don't even know how to act anymore. I, do I put a jacket on? Do I put a hoodie on? Do I just go out with a t Come on, what are we doing? What have we done to our children? You should, every time they try to walk out with a hoodie on, you should just slap them. Bow, go back inside and change. <laughs> what are you thinking? I'm just playing. Do not slap your kids around. You'll go to jail and you'll blame. But you go, but Pastor Mike told me I could do it. No, 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 I did not. <laughs> yeah, oh, oh, yeah. You know, my mom used to actually go get those patches and fill in the holes. I didn't know. I would have left those things alone if I would have known I could have sold them for six, $700 today. I got a hole in my Levi's. Don't put a patch on that. In 2020, some, some dumb teenager is going to pay $180 for these. <sighs> well, the rip is getting really bad. I know. The worse it is, the less amount of material it is, the more they will pay for them. 
I don't, I don't understand it, but it, it just works. But do you guys kind of see how, what we have done? We've made these drastic changes. All right, let's shift gears. It's time for us to get to some scripture, okay? So let's go to this. It says, therefore, and this is Paul, mind you, therefore, as a prisoner for the Lord, I encourage you to live as people worthy of the call you receive from God. Therefore, as a prisoner for the Lord, I encourage you to live as people worthy of the call you receive from God. Okay, this word calling, we should stop there. The, the, the word calling that Paul uses here is the Greek word kalesos, K-E-S-E-S-O, kalesos. And, and so it's actually two meanings here within the same word. It's two words that come out of this thing. So as you start to see this, the same thing, the same word is used in, in 1 Corinthians 4.21. It's also used in 2 Timothy 2.25, and it's used in, in Titus 3.2. Same word used a couple times, and it has two directions. So if you get this word and you read this here, this particular word is being is, is calling you out of your sinful nature. This is what it is. It says, therefore, as a prisoner for the Lord. We can go back to what he's talking about here, but we've already said he's, he calls himself a prisoner of the Lord several times. And so here we get to this point, and he says, I'm calling as people, you need to live a life worthy of the call that has been placed on your heart. So, so here's the thing. He says you have to stop sinning. So are you going to procrastinate on that? No, 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 no. I'm going to keep, I, I, I have to live in my sin. But the problem is most of us, we continue to do this. We continue to live in the sin that, that we're, we're like, I have to stay here. This is where I have to be at. This is, I love this so much. I love being in this. This, this is where I find joy at. I find joy in this sin. And you really don't. It's just your mental excuse going, I don't want to change what I've been comfortable in. I've been comfortable in this. I've used this analogy of a child in a diaper. And some people, you guys think it's gross. But the problem is, you living in your sin is gross. It's what it is. I mean, just think about this. Anybody, we've all had a two-year-old. Well, not all of us have had two-year-olds. But all of us have experienced this process, right? You have a 16-month or an 18-month-old, however, they finally start to walk in, you, they're in a diaper, and all of a sudden somebody in the room goes, hey, somebody made a stinky. <laughs> somebody made a stinky, and you're like, hmm, well, it wasn't one of us, right? I mean, you know, we're, obviously, it was this juvenile. And so we go to the juvenile, we go, oh, yes, it was you who made the stinky, and we go get... As a responsible parent, we go get a diaper, right? We go get a new diaper, we go get a diaper wipe, we go do those things, and we go, and we sit down on the floor, and we tell them, come here, let's get that thing off of you. And what do they do? They go, what? Oh, no. Mm -mm. You're like, no, 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 come here, come on, let's do this. And like, mm -mm. No, 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 really, come on, I just really want to change that, get you cleaned up. And this is what Jesus has been telling you. Hey, come on over here. I just want to get you cleaned up. And you're like, mm-mm. <laughs> you're like, no, 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 really, come on. I, I really want to just change and get it. I mean, you don't want to sit in that filthy. And you're like, mm-hmm. <laughs> and you're like, no, you really don't want that. Jesus is going, please, come, just lay down. Let me change that. Let me, let me fix that. To where when you get around people, they don't go, what's that smell? <laughs> right? What, what, is that? Is that you that smells like doo-doo? Is that you that smells like that sin? Is that just oozing off of you? 
is that you? And you're like, you're like, mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what it is. That's where we're at. And what ends up happening is then, then we go, ah, oh, and we get up, right? We go and chase after that child. And see, Jesus has been doing the same thing. He's been pursuing you, going, hey, I've been knocking on the door. I'm going, come on, let me in. Let me, let me start making some manifestations. Let me start changing your life. Let me start doing something to where your life actually is significant to helping build the kingdom. And you're like, mm-mm. Mm-mm, I like this. And you're like, mm-mm-mm. And you start, you start doing all of the nasty stuff, right? And then what happens is that he starts going, okay, and as parents, what do we do? We parents, we start getting angry. Well, Jesus doesn't get angry with us. Jesus goes, well, run around like that then. Go ahead. You're going to make that choice. And as a two-year-old, you're like, ah, you can't get me. And Jesus is like, eh, you'll be back. I'll see you in this life, or I'll see you in the afterlife, and then you know how it's going to work out. See, for us, we're procrastinating that diaper change, that sin change, that, that hey, I want to get rid of this. I want to take this away from you. And we keep avoiding the calling. He's calling you out of sin. And yet we're going, no, 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 no. I like being in this sin. I like it. It's fun. It's exciting. It's, you know, it's, it's just so, it, it's so good. You know, and see, here's the thing. <laughs> the body of the church, the ecclesia, right? That's, that's the church. So what we call it, if you take that root, that work back to the root word. So have you ever seen like, you know, there's plenty of churches that call themselves ecclesia and all this stuff. But if you go back to that root word, it really just means the called ones. The church is just the called ones. We just come together that way. The called ones. The, call, the ones that have been called out of sin. The ones that have been called to love. The ones that have been called to follow Jesus. The ones that have been called to do something. The ones that have been called to do something different in this world. And we're procrastinating with it. We keep putting it off and kicking the can down the road and keep going in the direction we want to go when God has said, I've called you into this. I've called you to do something different. I've called you out of where you've been at. So we've been called out of our sinful, our sinful lifestyle and these ideologies that were like, oh, no, no, I want to keep doing this. We've been called from that. And we've been called to assemble as a group of people to go out and be called the called ones to go out and do the work of the church. So Paul, in the beginning of this, he's calling you out of your sin, your, your, your sinful nature. He's calling you to the path of the righteous. And he's calling you at the same time to assemble with another group of people that are also called. Now, here's the thing. He's also asking you to, he says, now, do it together. It's not just about being those that are called, because all of us can be called. We come together and go, anybody ever play the game telephone? All of us get called. But we never really get the message. And so we have to get back to this point of going out, okay, how do we go? How do we go out and do what we're called into? And then second... The second part of this, right? So we're called out of our sin to meet together. And the second part, which is through the same word that Paul uses, is that we're called into service. We're actually called to go do the work. You know, this is the reason why we often hear, I'm living within my calling, right? You know, you hear it often from pastors. Oh, this is what I'm called to do. Some of you, as you start nonprofits, as some of you, as you start doing small groups or start ministries, I'm called to do this. I'm called into it. It's the same word that Paul is using to describe this. We, we often, we specifically associate it with pastors, but each one of us 
has been called out of sin and called into doing something for God. Each one of us. Not, there's not one of you in here that God has said, you know what, I don't want you sinning anymore, but I really, really enjoy watching you sit on the couch and just vegging out and getting bigger and bigger and bigger to where the clothes don't fit you anymore and to where you've left an indent in the couch to where everybody knows exactly where you sit at. He's not asking you to do that. All right, that's not what he's after. And see, he's asking you, when you start seeing this, it goes deeper in here. And in Ephesians 4.11, which we're not going to get to today, that's where you start seeing this list that's found where people are called into different things. So you also see a larger list that's found in Romans 12, verses 6 to 8. You start seeing these are part of where you're, you get more of this calling at. And these are specific positions. Right? They're... they're that you have some that are called to be teachers, some that are called to be prophets, some that are called to be evangelists, some that are called for different things. But everyone has a calling. Everyone has a calling. And so your calling generally fits into one of those boxes. But the problem is we procrastinate so much that we don't actually move into our calling. We just tend to sit on the sidelines. We go, oh no, it's so comfortable here. I like, being in, I like being in my sin. I like sitting in the air conditioning. I like sitting this way. I don't want to go out and, and be uncomfortable. I want you to know something. Following Jesus is uncomfortable. It's not, a, it's not like, hey, nobody... I, I, can you imagine 2,000 years ago, Jesus sewed up his sandals. They started walking. People started following. They're like, hey, where is he, where's he going? Oh, he knows the best movie theater in town. They got the air conditioning. They got the best seats. They didn't follow because of that. They followed because they wanted the righteous lifestyle. They heard his teachings. They had heard what he was about. And they said, oh, we want to, we want to follow that. We want to be part of that. We want to go out. And, and, and the thing is, is that he did it in love. And he also did it in correction. When people were in sin, he would say, ah, 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 stop that. Stop that and follow me. Stop that and... St-. And then... And then he would tell them, as he was having them follow them, he would tell them often. You guys, if you go through, you hear it often in Scripture. He'd go, he'd go, now, hey, go back to your town and don't even talk about me. Go back to your town and don't even talk about me. He'd be like, why not? Why is he telling them that? Why is he saying, shh, keep your mouth shut? Like, why is he telling them that? Like, what, what's happening there? Because he knew what would really happen. He, it's like we're all like the children. Hey, don't touch the stove. Shh. It's the same thing. Don't tell anybody about me. Why? Because I know that you're going to go back and do the exact opposite I just told you. You're going to go back and just run your mouth. You can't keep your mouth shut. But if I told you, go tell everybody about me, what do you do? Oh, I've got to go keep that secret. That's <laughs> how it works, by the way. I, I just give you a perfect example. I tell you guys every week, week after week, go invite somebody. Bring somebody to church. What do you do? You're like, mm-mm, I'm not doing that. That's going to make me seem weird. But if as soon as I started saying, hey, we don't talk about the edge. We don't talk about fight club that happens at the edge. We don't talk about the edge. We don't talk about any of the rules of the edge. We don't talk about any of that stuff. All of a sudden, you wouldn't keep your mouth shut out there. You'd be like, hey, this place that I go to every Sunday, it's called the edge. You wouldn't even tell them it's church. But you would run your mouth about it all the time as soon as I asked you to keep it secret. Because you couldn't help yourself. You're like, oh, you have to know this morsel of detail I have. You have to know it. I have to share it with you. It's just how it goes. That's just how it is. See, we procrastinate all those things, though. We, we go, I'm not going to live in the calling. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to move in the direction I'm supposed to. See, Christians are those called of God 
out of this world and into his service. That's what Christians are. So it becomes the responsibility of all of us believers to do the work and to live in a life that's, that's in the manner that's worthy of the calling of Jesus. That's what we're called to do. It's what's supposed to happen. See, and, and Paul challenges us. He goes, hey, I want you to go out and I want you to respond to this call from God and I want you to go out and do it and fulfill these aspects and fulfill these obligations and fulfill this. And I want you to do this as you grow in maturity. Because we know that when you first start, it's going to be something, you know, it's baby steps, right? It's just us learning how to walk. When you learned how to walk, you didn't get up and just start sprinting across the room. You, you took those weird wobbly steps. You're like, mm. well, I'm, I've got it a little bit. And then you took another step. You took another step and you took another step. And all of a sudden, you started being comfortable and you were starting to do these things. You know, and so, by the way, I, I'm, I've ate up a whole lot of time just in verse 1. Just in verse 1. I, I, I mean, so when I tell you it's my favorite book of the Bible, I can, we, we can go through this in different ways. We're going we're gonna to breeze through the next couple of, we're, we're just going to go through, we're going to stop at verse 6, because verse 6, it kind of stops where the self-explanatory starts to happen, where it stops happening. Which, because here's what Paul gives you, he gives a specific instruction, he says, con, con, conduct yourselves with all, and, and really with all humility, right, and gentleness and patience. So stop there for one second. Are those words that can describe you? Are those words that can describe you? You have patience and gentleness. Are those words that can describe you? Because if they're not, then you need to apply these to your life immediately. You do. And I, and I can tell you right now, I do not have gentleness. Ask my children. Right? I don't. I don't have patience. I will have, I, you know, for the most part, I hate when people give me praise, by the way, so I have a whole lot of humility, but I certainly think a lot of myself, right? I do. I'm just giving you pure transparency. Pure, pure transparency. I am very, very self-confident. I can walk into any room and go, I can command this bad boy. That's just how it is. I know it. But, I, but, and, and, but I, you would never know that based upon, if you were like, hey, I, I think you're great. I'd be like, oh, man, I really want to go back into another room and really start all this conversation all over and where you don't tell me that. Because it actually affects me. It makes it to where like, I'm like, I, I suck. What are you talking about? You know, like I, I beat up on myself. But here's the thing. Are you gentle? Do you have patience? You, you know, so just think about this. When Jesus interacted with people, did he ever come off as... You don't ever hear him go, hey, stupid, come here. Right? You don't ever see that, right? You don't ever see that. It, it, he always calls him, you know, it's kind of interesting, though. He always calls him a different name, right? You know, you know maybe so instead of calling Simon, right, he goes, hey, Peter. Yeah, so, like, I, I mean, maybe that was his thing. He's like, on this rock, you know, you're dumb as a rock, so come here, Peter. You know, I, mean, I don't know. You know, you never, never have any idea. But he always changes their name, and he gives them what I want to call them. But it, it, I'm just playing. I have no idea where that comes from. But here's the thing is that he goes, hey, Peter, come here. I want to talk with you. Let me correct you. Let me instruct you. Let me tell you the way I want you to go. Because you need to understand something. Upon you, this rock, I will build my church. Upon you. See, here's the thing. That's the same thing that Jesus is trying to tell you. Upon Melinda and upon Jermaine and upon, and, and upon Chaz, I will build my church. And it's the same thing for each one of you. Upon each one of you, I will build my church. That's what Jesus has been telling you. 
He just happened to have Peter in front of him when he makes that statement. Upon this rock, you Peter. But that's what he wants to do with each one of you. Upon each one of you. But you cannot do this if you're procrastinating and pushing it down the street. If you go, no, 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 I'm going to get to that one day, but it's not going to be today because I, Mike, I'm not called to be a pastor. No, no, no. Some people are called to be evangelists. Some people are called to be prophets. Some people are called to be teachers. Some people are called to be preachers. Some people are called to be things that are not where you get up in front of everybody. You know, you should understand somebody. Somebody was called to handle the money in the Bible. You know, he just happened to be the one that turned on Jesus. You know, and so that's just how it happens to go sometimes. So, but you have to conduct yourself with gentleness and patience. You want to grow people, see the best in them, and encourage that to grow within them. And, and then he goes in and he goes, accept one another with love. With love. Well, what does that mean? Right? How do, how do you accept somebody with love? How do, you, how do you treat somebody that way? And it says, make every effort to preserve the unity of the Spirit with the peace that ties you together. Well, what does that mean to you? So, just think about this. What is the peace that ties you together? I, I mean, just take it to the, the, the absolute bare thing that he's sharing with you. What is, the abs- what is the peace that has tied all of us together? It's Jesus. Start looking at people and have that peace that Jesus had with us. When, you were, when, when he got angry, he didn't show up and go, hey, stop that. He would tell them, come here, let me talk to you. Stop doing that and sin no more and follow me. And if they go in, no, Jesus, I want to keep doing it. Then he said, okay, and he moved on. And in fact, what, you know, there's this statement that's made in the Bible where he says, when you go to a place and you can't minister there, what does it say? It says, go outside of that town and, and bounce. You can't minister to somebody at their house, dust, the shoes, dust your shoes off and bounce. You can't do the things that you've been called to do. And if we get all the way back into Old Testament times, there's a lot of things that you start seeing and you go, Jesus, are you kidding me? This is what it says. It says, if I can't minister to my brother and he chooses to be the one that pulls me away from you, that I'm supposed to disown him? It's exactly what you're supposed to do. If you have somebody that is trying to pull you away from Jesus, somebody who's trying to pull you away from God, you are supposed to dust, the shoe, dust your shoes off and move away from them. You're not supposed to stay with them. You're not supposed to continue to associate with them. You're not supposed to do any of those things. Because the reason why is they know that you will fall to the sinful temptation and you will end up going back to the lifestyle that you've already abandoned. If they're not receptive to the word, you're supposed to move on. That's, I know. Man, that's harsh. But think about this. Because Paul, you know, Paul gets to this point where he describes us as a body. You know, when you read it in Corinthians, he goes, you are one body and one spirit. And just as, all, just as God also called you into one hope, there is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, and one God and Father of all who is over all and in all. This is, this is what we have. This is what we have going on. This is the direction we're supposed to go. This is how we're supposed to start acting. This is how we're supposed to interact with one another. And as we dive into the next, or as we start going into chapter seven, or we start going into verse seven and on, you're going to start seeing, hey, these are specific ways that we're supposed to interact with one another. Specific things that we're supposed to do. But before we can even get to that, we have to get to the point where we'll step into our calling and we will recognize that we've been called out of sin and called into the job that he's asked us to do. You're called, step out of sin and into service. That's what you're supposed to do. 
Step out of sin, get your diaper changed, get rid of the sinful nature, and step into the service of the kingdom. That's what you're supposed to do. The, 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 the brass tacks of verse 1 of Ephesians chapter 4 is step out of it and step into service. That's what you're supposed to do. How do we do this? So how do we step out of procrastination and how do we start stepping into what we're supposed to do? So we're going to call it the three, the, the, the three P's to stop procrastination. So number one, recognize and realize your purpose. You have to recognize you have a purpose. It is not one of these things. You're not just aimlessly walking around on this earth without a purpose. There is an absolute purpose for you. What is the meaning of life? For you to do your purpose. Do what you've been called to do. Number two, right? Okay, this is, this is probably the most important one out of all of them right now. Recognize priorities, okay? You have to start learning what the priorities are. And so in, in God's world, which is where all of us dwell, who's number one in your life? Well, you guys got that one right. Because most of us, we want to put everything above God, right? We want to put all these other things that are above what, we, what Jesus has called us to do. So we want to put our jobs above God. We want to put the softball team above God. We want to put our whatever it is. We want to put all of those things, the soccer match, the, the, the kids' baseball tournament, this, 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 whatever it is, it's all above God. Because if you were to start asking him, and you were to, if, when you get to this point where you get to have this conversation with God, you're going to get to heaven, you're going to sit there, and you're going to go, God, how'd you think of my life? And he's going to go, well, you sucked. Well, why do you say that? Well, because you never put me first, and if it wasn't for my son Jesus, you wouldn't be here at all. Because you didn't put me first, you, you, put, you put your drinking before me, you put your drug using before me, you put this before me, you put your kids' softball before me, you put them taxing around all these different places, you put all these things before me. You had your priorities incorrect. Our priorities, we need to have a fundamental shift. Our priority, so here's the thing, it's God, then your spouse. Then you can put your kids, maybe, 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 I don't know. But that's the top three right there, right? You know, because your kids, you know, everybody goes, oh, my kids are above my spouse. Why? Your kids don't happen without your spouse, by the way. It's not like all of a sudden God magically delivers some without your spouse. Like, here, the stork just showed up and we have new kids. We know that that doesn't work. You know that that's just a, a nursery rhyme that, you know, hey, the, the stork showed up carrying a baby. No. Your spouse contributed to that. So God, your spouse, your kids, then you can start putting in everything else. But I can promise you, your job's not number four. I can promise you your job probably doesn't even come into the top ten. If you start really aligning your priorities, you can't make it to where everything's all about pursuing money instead of loving on people. Because if in God's kingdom, it's not that way at all. At all. At all. So, purpose, priorities. And the last thing, you have to start living with some passion in your life. Some passion. See, most of us, we don't have any passion. We just exist. We just sit around and we just are, we're just plain, you know, existing blobs of water. That's what we do. You know, one of the questions, anytime I ask somebody, what are you passionate about? Oh, I don't know. Well, no, no, you have passions. What is it, what is it that you're like, I'll go do this in an instant? You know, some of you have these passions. You're like, I'll go travel. I'll go camping. I'll go do this. I'll go do this. Okay, well, you need to start finding what the passion is that God has for you. Where are you passionate in God's word? 
Where are you passionate at? Because I'm going to tell you right now, you'll stop procrastinating as soon as you find what you're passionate about in God's work. So are you passionate about out helping people? Are you passionate about out loving on people? Are you passionate about reaching people for Jesus? Are you passionate about what? Because as soon as you figure out what you're passionate about, and that means really discovering what your spiritual gifts are, because then you will find that your passion relies, is in there. You'll realize it in, those, in that spiritual gifts test. You'll be like, oh, that's where it is. That's what I'm supposed to be doing. That's where I'm supposed to be residing at. That's where I'm supposed to be in doing the work that I've been asked to do. And I can tell you right now, whatever you're doing now, you're probably not living in your passion. Whatever it is that you're doing now, you're probably not living in your passion. Because there's a lot of us that walk in here and we don't walk in and go, I'm so excited to be doing the work that God has asked me to do. We walk in here and we're like, oh, church. So we do. I watch all of you walk in. You know, I can tell you right now, I, so I know where my passion comes in, because like this morning, if you guys have been watching me, like if you watch me at all this morning, I'm like, man, my back is killing me, I'm hurting, I'm like, I don't, like, what am I supposed to be doing, where am I supposed to be going at, what is, you know, like I'm trying to stretch out, but as soon as I get up here and I start doing this, all that goes away. All of it goes away. As soon as I get up here and I'm like, okay, let's step into what, what God has placed on my heart to share with you. All of a sudden, all that happened, all, it's just, it, like, and I'm going there, and I can go, I, I can tell that when I get off of here, it's going to be back. But as it is right now, I'm going to go, and I can do the work that I've been asked to do without any issues. This is where I'm supposed to be at. This is where I'm supposed to be living at. This is where I'm supposed to be doing, it's like, I'm like, I know that this is my calling. What is your calling? Where is your passion at? You want to stop kicking the can down the road and going, I'm going to put this off, I'm going to put this off. You need to discover what your purpose is. You need to find out, you need to start defining your priorities, and then you need to rediscover your passions. Find things that you're joyful with. You find things that you're going, I'm happy doing this. And I will tell you, you're not going to do it with somebody else along with you. You need to go spend that time alone. You need to go spend time where, wherever, your, wherever your fun place is. My wife, she, she would say it's the beach, but for me, I leave. I got sand everywhere. Oh my God, this is not fun. This is terrible. You know, and... and but you need to go find it. You, if, you're, if you're a person that you need to go hike, you need to go spend time with God. Because God tells you very clearly as you read scripture, he's not in all the noise, he's not in the earthquake, he's not in the sandstorm, he's not in all those places. You will find God in the still. So be still and spend time with God in order to discover what your passions are, your priorities, figure out these things. Because right now, you're like just existing. And God does not want you just to exist. God wants you to live, and to live for him, and to do the work, and step into your calling, out of sin, and into service. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for today, and thank you for this message, and just thank you for the, the, the calling that you've placed onto my heart, and each and every person's heart in here, that you've said each one of us are called to go out and do work, and to step into an act of service to grow your kingdom. Father, if it if it helps us to grow your kingdom, to keep it a secret, then by all means, then let's keep it a secret so that way we don't share it with anybody. That we go out and, and they just see what our lives look like, how our lives transform, how our lives have purpose, and how we've redefined our priorities and how people can just see the passion that we have for growing your kingdom, for doing the work that you've asked us to do. And some of us are teachers, and some of us are evangelists, and some of us are prophets, and some of us are just called to be the supporters of those things, but each one of us are called to do work in your, in your service to the kingdom. Help us realize those. Help us step out of the sinful desire that we have, the sinful direction that we continue to move in, and help us move into this new direction with you, this new life with you, this new love that we go out and share 
throughout our community. Father, help us love. Help us love those that are, in our, that are closest to us, that are in our homes, that are in our churches, that are in our jobs, that, are, that we run into every single day, not to, treat, not to treat them as they're always going to be there because we know that we have lost people that we've never thought that would be taken away from us so young, and we've lost people that we, we look at and go, I, we thought that they would always be with us. Father, help us realize that it is just a breath. That we can't keep putting it off. That we can't just keep procrastinating. That, we just, that there is a deadline and that we cannot miss the deadline that you have placed before us. Father, help us work. Help us love. Help us not grow weary. Not grow tired. Help us carry the, the, the yoke that you've placed upon each one of us that, that we know that your yoke is light. To do is not heavy. It's not, it's not a quarrelsome burden. It's not one of these things that we have to fight that we just go, I want to live in the direction that you've called us to move. Father, thank you. Thank you for all that you've done. Thank you for the hearts that you've awakened today. Thank you for the the reset in priorities for those that are here and, and, the, and the desire to pursue passion. Father, thank you. It's in your son, Jesus' name, that we pray. Amen.